This podcast is a member of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts and content creators, visit bio.link slash red5. Oh, hi, and welcome to Extra Star Wars. We'll be talking about a new book today, but while you're here, and if you like Star Wars content, make sure you hit the subscribe button, turn notifications on, make sure to like this video, and comment your favorite or worst part of the book. I like to keep the discussion going. Now, without further ado, let's get into a new book review. In this video, We'll be covering The High Republic's Phase 2 first adult novel called Convergence, written by Zoraida Cordova. If you're here for a quick summary, I've got your back. This is a pure Star Wars story focused in on politics, conflict, deception, and character relationships. But the story feels forgettable as this feels like an introduction to Star Wars on a universal scale instead of being part of a larger story like Phase One's High Republic. At the end of this book, I'm not really sure where this book fits into the whole grand scheme of the High Republic story arc. But if you're still here, and I'm glad you are, it's now time for us to cover the overall story arc according to my flawed memory banks, some character analysis, and an overall conclusion of Convergence at the end of this video. We're glad you're here. Don't forget to subscribe, like the video, and comment your questions, and I'll be happy to keep this discussion going. This is Extra Star Wars, and let's get on with the video. Two warring planets that share a moon have called a ceasefire in the midst of the forever war. On one side, a monarch. On the other side, a queen. This is where Convergence begins. Both planets have seen their struggles throughout this war, with the people suffering on each planet, the lack of resources coming in and out of the planet because of the warring systems, so each planet has asked for help from outside parties. On one side, the Republic. On the other side, a questionable source that will certainly come into play later in this book. Now at this point, we're going to get into the meat of the story, so you're going to see some words going up on the screen, so you can follow along as we handle our business. Enjoy. Captain Abarin and her team are waiting on a shipment of ice for the desert planet. Meanwhile, during the mission, one of their ships goes rogue and enters enemy space. At the same time, two long beam ships, through coincidence, enter the same space and chaos ensues. A Jedi helps alongside Captain Abarin to get control of the rogue ship, but the ship is lost and the pilot is dead. The Jedi peels away and Captain Abarin crash lands onto the enemy planet. From there, she is saved by a native of the planet, but she is taught that they are the enemy. Turns out the person who saved her was the queen's heir, Fon Tu Zen. We also find out that Ziri, aka Captain Abarin, is the daughter of the warring monarch. 
Eventually, and in good faith, the Jedi and one half of the Chancellor propose a peace summit aboard one of the long beams to discuss how peace can be fulfilled. A wild card in all this is an organization hellbent on keeping the war going. They sabotage the ship. They expect the Queen to pay them back for some favor years ago, and they are the cause of death from the desert planet, Captain Cigaro. This causes mayhem aboard the ship, and once everything calms down, Ziri proposes a marriage between her and Fon Tuzen. This creates drama, of course. Eventually, both parties agree and they arrive at the desert planet to lay Captain Sigara to rest. The convoy is attacked and they agree that a relief campaign is in the works to show that the people that they are a united front. The convoy is attacked and they agree that a relief campaign is in the works to show the people that they are a united front. So now the team of Ziri, Fontu, Gela, the Jedi, and newcomer Axel, spy and playboy and Jedi hater for the other Chancellor, all go out to different outposts. Ziri is challenged and wins. Some relief goes as planned, but eventually they come across an outpost still at war. Without the new orders, they lose Fontu Zen until he appears being carried by a native animal on the planet, Scorpions. The team is back together again. Information is learned about a research facility that was assumed to be destroyed. A facility that was manufacturing poisonous weapons in response to IRAM's military escalation. Now, the next parts are a little foggy in detail, but I know Ziri and Fen's rehearsal dinner was planned to happen, and the Sons of Arano sort of crashed it. The two planets, Iram and Arano, are at war. We find that one of the soldiers that worked with Ziri has turned on her to keep the traditions of Arano sacred. Another twist to the story is that Axel had been involved with those calling themselves The Path, an organization hell-bent on freeing the Force from the Jedi. The mother, who rides on the Gaze Electric, a ship from Phase 1, Martian Rose ship, seems to entangle herself in order to get advantages. There is an order to Axel to lose the Jedi. Axel and Gela travel to a planet to retrieve something that will help in the conflict between the planets. Turns out it's a setup to get the Jedi to be trapped in a fighting ring, kinda like Thor Ragnarok. Axel has a change of heart and rescues her. The Axel-Gela relationship is gray, with Axel showing feelings towards her. They share a tender moment of dancing during the rehearsal dinner, if I remember correctly. Anyway, moving on, representatives from the galaxy are arriving planetside for the wedding, which will enact the peace treaty to end the Forever War. And you wouldn't believe it, but the third act climax is a convergence of different parties. A sidebar here, as the timeline of this book is mixing up in my head, I listen to the audiobook instead of reading it, so to look back to find details is nearly impossible without listening to chapters again, which is not going to happen. So a lot of this comes from memory, so forgive me if I'm missing a detail here and there. If you want more details, go read or listen to the book yourself. Hey, did you subscribe yet? Thanks a lot if you did. 
At some point, Axel and Fenn find out about the research facility because a dead body is found to have been poisoned. I forgot if this was a son of Arno or a path person. Regardless, Axel does the killing here. There are many layers of Axel Greylark. When Fenn sees the extent of the poison, he knows that it is no good, and him and Axel head to the research facility. After spending some time there and finding out the truth, the Queen ordered the creation of the scorpion poison to be weaponized, Axel gets stung by one and is incapacitated. In an emergency, Fenn gets Axel back and his healing begins, but it leaves him very, very weak. Now let's fast forward. Upon the revelation of the poison, it is found that Axel took vials from the research facility with the idea being to give it to the mother of the path. Axel's other name is called Chaos. So, now Axel is on the run, his mother has a warrant out for him, she's part two of the Chancellor of the Republic, and there is a bounty out for him. It's now the day of the wedding, but it does not go as planned. During the ceremony, Waves of bounty hunters start entering the planet because Axel is publicly broadcasting a message to distract the city from what I interpret to hand the vials over to the path. The Jedi attempt to block the waves of bounty hunters from interrupting the wedding ceremony and it's pure chaos. Notice the name. In the meantime, Gela finds Axel in one of the three towers and they have a long conversation, yada, yada, yada. Axel ends up blowing up two of the three towers and the planetary shield is down, which allows the bounty hunters to start to retreat, but also allows a bigger threat in, the Sons of Arano, led by Farrell, son of the dead Viceroy, attack the planet. Now, these guys are traditionalists who do not want peace at all. They don't want the Jedi. They don't want the Republic. They attack the Republic ship, the Paxian, one of the long beams mentioned earlier in our summary. In the final act, Ziri gets on her ship and others follow from both planets. Fentu helps with the evacuation of the city, which is in shambles. Ziri chats with Farrell, and they have a back and forth until she gains the upper hand by revealing he killed Sigaro early on in the book, and then his men mutiny. This causes him to get angered, and while diving toward the planet while he chases her, unknown to him, Ziri has a ship that can dive into the water. By the time Farrell realizes this, it's too late, and he smashed into the water. The epilogue of this story is just cleanup and character development. Axel is arrested and put in a prison on a moving barge, but still seems to have revenge and chaos in his heart. Ziri and Fen decide to travel to Jeddah to finalize the treaty slash wedding ceremony. Gela decides to become a wayseeker, likely because of her conflict with Axel and her feelings. The path do not have any real closure, but I imagine they will play a role in future books, which will lead them ultimately to the Nile. The Jedi do not have any real closure either, as they are just going to accompany the crowd to Jeddah. And there you have it. That's Convergence in just a few short minutes. I believe the author did a great job at creating a complex story and gave our characters an emotional journey. However, listening to a book is way different than reading it, and although I got through the book faster, I definitely suffered in the detail department. However, if given the chance, I would read this book again just to gather 
some of those finer details. In addition, I give the author a lot of credit on how she wove the story details together, not giving us everything in sequential order, but sort of mixing it up and keeping me on my toes as I listen to the book. Moving on, we'll just take a look at some of the characters that stuck out to me, starting with Axel Greylark. Axel Greylark is a super complex character that I was not expecting to like too much given his introduction as a simple playboy. But during the story, layers and layers were peeled away to reveal a super complex character. In the future, take a look for Axel Greylark in the next few High Republic novels. I can see a common thread of Axel Greylark popping up in the next few stories. I think it's a pretty sound prediction considering the fact that he's just in a prison on a barge and he's still involved in the path somehow, so we shall see. Gelanatai, who was the prominent Jedi of the book, led a pathfinding mission which ultimately failed, which led her to the events of this book. She was on a mission to create peace, which is not exactly in her wheelhouse. She is an action-first sort of Jedi. However, through the events of the book, she gets to know Axel. Axel certainly goes from hating the Jedi to sort of seeing the perspective of the Jedi and kind of having feelings for Gela. I'm not going to say Gela didn't return those feelings, but at the end of this book, Gela decides to become a way seeker, which means she wants to be alone for a while doing different Jedi things and whatever the way seekers do. So I would say Axel had a pretty good influence onto her story, and we'll see where she goes and if she shows back up in future High Republic novels. Ziri and Fantu Zen's characters were kind of cool. I actually enjoyed them. Uh, there was definitely a role reversal here with Ziri being the, the stronger of the two in terms of action hero. Uh, but when push comes to shove, I wanted to see them grow into their love. Instead, the author decided to make them fall madly in love by the end of the book, which for me is just not too accurate. If uh, two people are betrothed, they don't really know each other, and it doesn't really matter. It would take like an act of heroism or sacrificing to really fall in love with someone. Uh, this isn't 90 Day Fiance. This is a Star Wars book, and there's no reason to have two people fall in love if they don't really mean it. Looking at you, Rise of Skywalker. Overall, the Jedi in this book, outside of Gela, were uninteresting and performed the diplomatic duties as assigned. Something interesting in the political realm is the idea of two chancellors. They sort of split power. One goes off on these little missions. One stays, stays home. The rules are they can't really be in the same place at one time in the event of an attack or whatever. But I just thought that was an interesting concept um, that is sort of Sith-like, where we have the rule of two, so to speak. When did it change to a single chancellor? Obviously, this is 150 or so years before the High Republic. There's a single chancellor uh, by then. So what happened that created the two chancellor to one chancellor? What is the event 
that caused this. These are the questions that I have. So when the High Republic was introduced, I was all in because it felt like a concentrated effort through many authors to create a story that weaved itself into the Star Wars we know, but also created new characters and arcs. Phase 1 had some great moments across all of the mediums. I read all the books, most of the comics, and followed the stories religiously. When Phase 2 was announced, I was disappointed to hear they were going backwards. I don't understand why, outside of building upon how the Nile came to be or establishing how the galaxy progressed in that time, but I was out when the statement of, you don't need to read Phase 1 in order to understand Phase 2. I appreciate niche stories where you need to put in a concentrated effort to gather details, arcs, and stories. But this felt like a slap in the face after I invested in Phase 1 pretty heavily. I bought Convergence with the idea that I would just listen to it, and that was a good move. With my family life, it does take me a while to get through books. This book took about 14 drives at 40 minutes each to get through, and for the most part, I was entertained. But as I summed it up earlier, this... But as I summed it up earlier, this is a pure Star Wars story focused on politics, conflict, deception, action, and character relationships. But the story is sort of forgettable as this feels like an introduction to Star Wars more than a story that connects to a bigger universe of stories like the Star Wars we know. This is Extra Star Wars signing off after talking about High Republic Phase 2 Convergence, the first adult novel written by Zareda Cordova. And we thank you for watching. We hope you subscribe. We hope you liked the video. Did you like the different camera angles? I'm doing different things to try to spice it up. We're just talking books here. And since I'm by myself, this is the best I can do. I'm glad you were here. Thank you for your comments in the future. Let me know if you're reading The High Republic or if there's any other EU book that I should read and review. And we'll catch you on the other side. Again, this is Extra Star Wars, and may the Force be with you.